0: Clay, if we want this podcast called Something Pretty to be a uh, successful podcast, it might be wise for you and me to paddle in the same direction at some point. Well, if I said no, I'd hope you'd walk out and go paddling anyway <laughs> and then seek a new friend. Bodies in the creek. Pilot. There. <laughs> elsewhere after. Yeah. You can't you can't do much much pad- I, Although I, it is funny to imagine them literally in a canoe paddling in the same direction. I think it's the the off movie that we all wanted to see Swearingen and Bullock just <laughs> camping for the day. You don't have many opportunities to do so. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about Suffer the Little Children, which has a lot going on in it in the disappearance or the uh, the end of a, a couple plot lines, the continuations of other plot lines, but. First, we're going to play some music, and we'll come back, and we'll break it down.
1: You're listening to a podcast that is a lie agreed upon. Join Wes and Clay as they discuss HBO's Deadwood and tell you something pretty.
0: All right, Suffer the Little Children was directed by Daniel Minahan, written by Elizabeth Sarnoff. In this one, Swearengin rebukes Doherty for losing his head over floor. A gang of men sent for smallpox vaccine has arrived back in town. Townspeople line up at Bullock and Star's store to receive the vaccine. Cochran finds Trixie unconscious on his office floor with an armful of opium. You botched the job pretty good, the doc says to her. Flora tells her brother that it's time to hit the Bella Union because the boss is on to her. Bullock, Doherty, and Ellsworth head head out to assay the Garrett claim. Later, Bullock knocks at the widow's door. Don't sell, Mrs. Garrett, he says, showing her a bag filled with gold nuggets. Bullock shares a drink with Swearingen. If the treaty is signed, it might be wise for you and me to paddle in the same direction, Swearingen opines. Flora pulls a knife on Joni and stabs Tolliver in the leg. Tolliver kills Miles and then has Joni kill Flora. Tolliver offers to set Joni up in a business of her own. So that's it for this one. Um, the end of the Flora and Miles brief floor, uh, foray in the town of Deadwood, or the camp of Deadwood. We get mm. some continuing development with the women folk of the town. And I guess that's probably... Um, th- so the most surprising thing to me on rewatch of this series is how prominent the women are in the first season uh yeah a lot of the stories this episode pretty much is directly about all the women um and other women who have come into the camp but i didn't really remember it being that way i I wouldn't have thought that they had such a prominent role in the first season but they they clearly do
2: yeah i think al specifically looms so large in the memory of most people that uh it's easy to forget how many women there actually are on the show and they all have pretty interesting stories
0: yeah um things like bill too you remember like wild uh, while bill's appearance and stuff yeah
2: i've honestly been the most surprised with bullock because he's really kind of taken a back seat for the last few episodes like comparatively as far as like screen time goes Yep, because he starts out so strong coming into the series and then uh um you know the coat the coach just puts him on the bench utility player
0: so many characters really yeah you know he's not um hey i guess he's bullock's you know fairly prominent um is driving some things like bullock represent i I guess bullock's story kind of comes to somewhere in this episode just from the the fact that he uh Alma's gold claim has now been settled and there's mm-hmm. a kind of like trying to... Swaringen and Bullock are trying to figure out where they stand with each other at this point and what the best way forward is to it. Swaringen is starting to think about um he's going to need Bullock or at least like if... Because if, uh, they're coming closer to becoming annexed by the U.S. at this point because they get the good news in this episode that the Lakota Sioux are agreeing to leave the area and go to the reservations that have been set up.
2: Yeah, there was... um for most of the episodes, I haven't
0: had a hard time
2: <clears throat> following the dialogue. This was one where, at certain points, I thought they were talking in code because I, I like, could not track what the hell they were talking about.
0: About the like the, the Indians th- leaving or there, what, what a the couple good news things. things. Yeah. Like
2: they kept they kept using the term "the heathens" have been called back to the agency. Yeah, and I I didn't know. I mean, I was like, okay, the heathens are the Indians, but the agency sounds like a Pinkerton thing, and I I just couldn't I couldn't did figure out what the hell they were talking about (laughs) (laughs) and also with the gold stuff too like towards the end i i went back and i I listened to one of um al's later speeches about what was going on with the gold claim like three times and i was like i just i don't understand what's going on here
0: oh okay i don't remember that scene uh but yes the the natives have been natives have agreed with the u.s government to leave the area so they're going to go to the reservations and make the area safe for annexation and things like that. So it's one okay. step closer to the U.S. coming in and taking over Deadwood. The gold. The gold scene was, I think, when he was
2: when Al was talking to E.B. about something. I think so. When he was he was talking about what they were going to do regarding the claim and why they weren't going to kill anybody and they were just kind of kind of back off. Oh, I, see. I, I like. I wasn't totally. Tracking what the rationale for any of that was, gotcha, uh, because it was it was very densely written as as far as the verbiage.
0: That's the early scene. Is that the early scene or the later one that they show? I think so. I think
2: it's before it's before he and Bullock have their scene together. Yeah. So it's fairly
0: early. It's just Al. um, If I'm remembering correctly, it's Al talking to Eb about because Eb wants to murder everybody and take the claim right for for
2: himself. (laughs) Which I thought that stuff was hilarious with Eb. Uh, posturing himself as a hard ass
3: (laughs) The dam has broken young man and only ourselves can fuck up for we are about to be swimming in money and how could we fuck up by engaging in open fucking bloodletting and right here at hand in our very hour of need is the priggish fucking douchebag Bullock, who only wants to sell pots and pans, fan his pretty face, and hold his nose from the stench of our fucking sword that carries on over here all the time, thinking he can protect the meek and innocent. The perfect fucking front man. And you want to kill him? Much as we might want, the widow's claim, it's a luxury now to forego. E.B. Find yourself somewhere to lie down till the feeling passes.
0: Uh, Dan and Swearingen are listening with sort of like raised eyebrows to it. But Swearingen is now – so that kind of ties into the Indian thing. So Swearingen has to slow down because with the news of the Indians and everything like that, it means that the U.S. is coming sooner than later and they need to kind of calm down what's Mm -hmm. what's going on out there. They can't be in a position where they're just murdering everybody uh, Mm. because they need to sort of keep up appearances before – um as they say the gold is going to start flowing freely and all the claim basically when the U- when the US gets there all of their businesses and claims are going to be legalized and that's when they can officially become wealthy people at that point oh. so
2: yeah i and i was also i wasn't tracking some of the motivation re- regarding the gold stuff like i wasn't totally sure why al was so fine with Bullock going out there and f- finding the gold. Yeah. Um like when he was telling Dan how to look around, I I thought he was trying to tell him how to uh direct him in like away from it or something. Yeah. But um it seemed like he was directing him towards it once they were out there. I don't know. It was it was a little confusing to
0: me. Yeah, he's trying to uh not to just uh, expl- explain it all, but it's, it's I, I it ties into like the previous episode where Bullock is being threatening about like either outcome that he doesn't like is going to be trouble for Swearingen. Mm-hmm. and I think it just ties into what Swearingen is trying to do here, which is settle things down at this point. And he's he's disappointed by the loss, but in his conversations with EB and stuff, he's willing to give up on it at this point. It's not like uh, the, the okay. twenty thousand is not worth the the potential that they're going to get down the line. Um, and I guess it. I guess it looks better for Al to send
2: him out there and, and have find Bullock it. come back with stuff. Yes, you
0: know? yeah. So it, it'll. It, and that that's the whole paddle in the same direction thing. He's really just trying to right, work with Bullock right. at this point, and Bullock kind of annoys him at the end of that scene but just by saying that, like he he reveals that E B didn't go to the whole twenty thousand <laughs> in right, negotiation, yeah. so that uh, annoys Al. But that's just kind of a little a little bit of a kick in the pants after they've mostly shaken hands at that point. I like that the um the orange <laughs> telling the uh the barber to be careful around the neckline or whatever yeah. is really is yeah. very funny, yeah, but it's mostly uh a woman of the camp episode mm-hmm. um, Trixie's storyline continuing where she can't go back to Al and she's been sort of thrown out and abandoned by Alma Alma. Ping ponging back and forth about whether or not she should leave, and all the other characters' uh, stories who revolve around her decision and what happens there. Uh, it has Flora at the uh, Flora and Joni at the Bella Union, and the the kind of relationship that those two have. All kinds of women folk, and and the Trixie and Joni are obviously very paired off against each other again, as they always have been. Uh, portraying two characters who are kind of in the same situation, but handle mm-hmm. things very differently from each other, and. Their relationship with their male, like, masters, for lack of a better word, um, and how the personalities of Al and Psy differ from each other and how that results in different outcomes for the two characters.
2: Yeah. I found um, this episode overall I liked. Um, It it felt a little bit, I know you said that the show kind of had a tendency to be sort of written on the fly in some places. Yeah. Uh, and not necessarily quite planned out and i i kind of felt that a bit in this one and i don't mean that necessarily as a bad thing but like i kind of feel like that's might maybe why bullock is a little bit pushed to the side because there are these other kind of leads they're tracking down story-wise narratively yeah and um like the place that i felt it the most was with the flora story Mm -hmm. because i don't totally know what their plan with this was and the way that it ends up like ending i was like this doesn't totally is this feels like something that they put into play and then like they couldn't really figure out what to do with it and so they decided all right let's just jettison this
0: yeah it's it's i mean interestingly you're you're right that they they cut it short um one of uh, one of Milch's tendencies is that because he writes things on the fly his his plot's if if the, there's going to be a very famous sequence or famous storyline in season two, that even the writers in like the Deadwood book that I read, couldn't explain what is going on <laughs> in that plot actually. Um, but he's someone who, because of the way he writes things, he's generally going to have stronger beginnings that haven't really thought out the endings and the endings mm-hmm. are going to sometimes just resolve themselves because that's the way that they have to be. Um, sure. And it might not make the most narrative sense. So The other, the other behind the scenes stuff that I mentioned last episode is that uh, Kristen Bell and that uh, the the Miles and Flora characters were supposed to be here for three or four episodes apparently. Mm. Okay, and that that feels right, yeah. And there was some interesting like back behind the scenes stuff where Bell came in and Milch and everyone was very impressed with her, and they were thinking that Milch was actually considering making her a regular cast member after this. Oh, really? And so after they did their first episode, they were planning for the second one, and she let them know that she had been cast in Veronica Mars at that point, so she wasn't going to be able to take on any additional episodes beyond what they had planned and wasn't going to be able to be a series regular. Mm-hmm. And apparently Milch took it quite personally, so he decided really? to just kill them off immediately. Um, and he and it goes back into that. One of my favorite Milchian traits is that we talked about how he he'll take uh person uh, like actual characteristics of actors and use them as insults in the scripts with people yes. yeah and um Dane Cowley said this in the book. He said, David didn't say it, but he got fucking insulted that she would take another job and not stay on this one because she was supposed to be in more episodes. But as soon as she let the word out, she was going to be in a pilot, maybe another show. He fucking killed her. And he called her a beady-eyed little weasel, too. (laughs) (laughs) Which which Cy Tolliver actually says, you with your beady little ferret eyes. But Kelly continued, this is the part that would piss me off sometimes. He'd find a defect in you, whether it was your looks, your hair, your fucking arm, your leg, and he would fucking use it against you. Fred Ed O'Neill and John from Cincinnati, he put a line in, you big nose motherfucker, or you elfin nose motherfucker. I forget where it was, me and him, when we were talking. And for me, he goes like, and you, you look like you got hit in the face with a frying pan. You know what I mean? It was fucking shit that he would work into the fucking joke and make it a part of the fucking <laughs> theme. He was wonderful at that. He'd find a fucking defect and fucking ride it, and he was fuck it he was a person who could not be nice he has a mean streak to tell you the truth yeah um yeah they killed her off and and then they made the brutal murder part of it too to get it over with
2: yeah it it definitely feels like that because i i'm not totally sure like what their it it feels very abruptly written um I, i don't know what their ultimate plan was yeah, uh, just because, to run
0: in and rob some jewelry. And Broadway, I know. Right? Yeah,
2: just like of of all the of all the things to do, the way that she chose to do it wasn't particularly smart. No, and like I, I even they have that moment where she's outside and she's looking up at the at the place. I assume looking at an escape route. Yes, but yeah. even even there, it's like I mean they're they didn't have much of a. They, there's the moment where the brother or Miles, I don't know what their relationship actually is, where he's like, "We do have a plan, right?" And they just sort of cut away. Yeah. And the answer yeah. seems to be no, they
0: don't. Well, he he, <laughs> br- he does bring up the one point that kind of smooths it over, is which is that like you're doing this quick because you want to kill somebody. Um, That's true. Yes. Let's
2: do it now, now, and get the fuck out of here.
1: What? We do it slow and right. We're 50 miles gone before anyone knows we blew. My boss is on to me savvy operate from Chicago and you can tell he's on to you. Savvy enough that he didn't crack and I still could fucking tell. Yeah.
3: You're full of shit. You want to do it fast and dirty so you have to cut somebody's throat.
1: This joint you want to take. Where I work. Where your boss is on to you.
3: I can move the dike. Held me in her arms all night like I was a little fucking kid. Can I assume there's a fucking plan?
0: The, the brother at least seems to be acknowledging that like things are going a little bit too fast, and this isn't a really well thought out plan. But it does, mm-hmm. nonetheless, it is a robbery in the middle of the day when you have no clear out and people can just come into the room with you. And all you have is a knife in the town full of gun carrying cowboys. It doesn't seem like you're going to go very far. And like she goes up to the room, starts
2: stealing stuff. And then Joni comes up and Joni actually lets her, well, quote unquote, lets her leave and then, instead of going for the escape hatch, she walks down the stairs,
0: yes, yeah,
2: where it's like at that point, I mean joni's already got you, you may as well just pull the plug and and take the the back way out, yeah. but yeah. Uh, neither here nor there, but it does it does feel it did feel very kind of uh, abrupt i was um I was wondering if they were doing this on purpose, but I was I did not remember this storyline at all, so I could not remember how it ended. I was a I was pretty sure that she was gonna end up getting killed by that John who was really obsessive. Mm-hmm. Um but the clearly that's the he got fuck or whatever she called yeah, it. But yeah. But the the way that they kept setting it up, I was like, oh, this feels like he's gonna like go in hard on her and and mm-hmm. and just kill her or something.
0: Yeah. She's um Florida's an interesting character. I mean, she's really just designed to she kind of comes in and like unsettles everybody emotionally in in Mm -hmm. a weird way. She's clearly very duplicitous and double faced. And she has this whole like sort of like, um, uh, like virgin, like I'm just here looking for my dad act going on. Mm -hmm. But then anytime she's either with her brother alone or she's with somebody, uh, like the John that she doesn't need to impress. She's obviously like a very brutal, cold blooded person. Um, fairly personality-wise, very similar to Psy, which is possibly why Psy sees through things quicker than mm-hmm. anybody else does. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, their whole existence is largely to set up the Joni and Psy thing and to provide Psy with a reason to be as brutal and sort of sociopathic as he is at the end of this mm-hmm. episode, and then having his conversation with Joni at the very end, which gives the the reason why she just can't stay here with him, as opposed to the Trixie and Al relationship, which is a little bit more complicated, and um, I don't, I wouldn't want to say manageable, but there's like there's a, a give and take that is not there in the yeah the Cy and Joni relationship. Yeah, Cy and Joni feel more
2: like a lot more like pimp and uh, property. Yeah. Than yeah, Al and Trixie do. Just so I tell her like,
0: talks to her. Tell, like it's yeah much more of like an abusive relationship where. Uh, it's a little bit gaslighting to Joni with the thing. Like mm-hmm. Al is at least kind of open about what he's thinking, and there's like an honesty in his interactions with Trixie. Sai is always b- bouncing back and forth between, like, like, he has all these things about like Joni, you're the warmth of my heart, or whatever. Joni Stubbs, or whatever. he says to her, um, and Al is a little bit more uh, emotionally honest about things than Sai tends to be. Don't think I
1: enjoyed that bullshit, Joni. Certain things you have to do to impress upon people what you're willing to do. Do you like it? No. Do you enjoy it? No. Do you have to look like you do? Yes. I got Eddie in there. Gotta let him know. Capper's downstairs, gonna hear about it. When people come to rob you, Joni, you gotta get rough. It looks like an act It's not gonna work. And then I grab your hand and I think, my God, this poor fucking girl. But I did what I had to do in that room. And now I'm out here. I'm telling you, your happiness is important to me. And whatever the fuck I got to do, if you're too much in my shadow, if I make things too tough on you, then we're going to stop it. We're going to do something else.
3: Sigh.
1: You bring the warmth into my life. I can't bear to see you unhappy like this.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, Cy does the, in a very extreme manner, does that classic thing where he treats her like absolute garbage and then swings back 180 yep. degrees the other way, giving you like emotional whiplash by... After forcing her to kill this girl. Yes.
0: Yeah. And stopping Uh, her from killing herself, too.
2: Yeah. He comes back and he's like, you know what? I want to buy you your own place, a place (laughs) that I won't even, you know, I come over, you say, Sigh, not now, and I'll say okay, I'll come back later. And and she, she's just like, what the fuck? Well, he, but he, he, he
0: also sneaks in he's like, he's like, you'll have to pay me rent, but we'll talk right, about that yes. later. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, I mean, you know,
2: percentages, and that's neither here nor
0: there. Yeah, you can't escape. It's it's surprising, you know, for a, a town that's as hype like uh or show even or concept as the western that's like as hyper masculine. It's a little bit surprising how much Milch is focusing on the female positions of it. it, it the females yeah. are in more of a uh, restricted realm, you know, like according to the the, to the era of the late 1800s. Uh, women obviously can't do everything that the men can do. The only thing that gives Alma any power is the fact that she has money. And even then... Right. Bullock just tells her, like, fuck you. I'm going to still continue to do the job that you <laughs> that you want to fire me from doing. So the women just can't get away from their men. Some of the, the Trixie will try to kill herself, but fails with the opium o- overdose. Um, goes back to Al. Joni is just going to say, like, you have to let me go or I'm going to kill you by the end of this. Uh, so it's interesting. They just they haven't. It, it's been more of a focus on the powerlessness of people than it has on the the power brokers uh at least in this episode which would be like al and sai and everything like that
2: yeah i actually think this is um <clears throat> arguably one of the best uh westerns as far as female representation go because usually like nine times out of ten the the women in westerns are not really that interesting yeah uh, they don't there's there's like two of them and uh <clears throat> They're not really given a lot to do, and um, just the fact that they have focused on them so much in this show so far, and those characters are so well drawn, I think uh, it's it's kind of hard to beat in that regard.
0: Yeah, Alma's. Uh, so I guess, what do you think of Alma at this point? What, what's what's Alma doing really? I don't know if it's that if it's that complicated, but I'm just curious what you think about her. Alma is.
2: Uh, she's she's just. <laughs> she's just going with whatever the last person who talked to her told her what to do mm-hmm. um it's it's funny because uh i i like that scene with her and bullock because when she's talking about how she's going to leave and head back to new york um and seth is like well why did you what did you why did you change your mind and she says well you know i uh, someone talked some sense into me and and told me that i was only staying for selfish reasons yeah and essentially what bullock does is talk her into staying for selfish reasons for himself yes yeah <clears throat> and so it's it's uh the and which i think is also triggering the selfishness in her as well you know because it's i mean she's not she hasn't uh she's clearly still susceptible to to his charm yes uh even if she's not going to um immediately outwardly admit
0: that yeah um and willing to cause great harm to the other characters who are impacted by this right. They can't leave like Trixie and Sophia and everything it's um
2: man she's such a prick to
0: Trixie like
2: yes All <laughs> um, like, is you mean yeah. yeah yeah it's so
0: it's so frustrating
2: cuz She's she's treating her. She's acting like a rich person, like uh, like the stereotypical rich person does in these situations, where she doesn't realize
0: why what she's doing is more insulting
2: than if she had done nothing at all. Yeah, because
0: she, she's kind of cosplaying as a cowboy in this world because she doesn't really uh, the, like Trixie and Alma are of two completely different worlds that they don't understand. Like the, I mean, you could. Alma does not understand Trixie, but Trixie, the whole reason that Trixie can't go to New York is that she does not understand Alma and wouldn't want to go to her family and stuff like that.
2: But Trixie understands that that is the problem. Right, sure. Whereas Alma seems to be oblivious to it. That's why her saying, I'll send you and the girl to New York. It will be fine. My family will take care of you. And and Trixie's like, no, they fucking won't. Like She knows that that's not realistic. And then in this one, like she gets the glimmer of hope when the doc says that, oh Alma, will take you with her. Yeah, which actually could lead to success in that regard. But then when she comes back and she's like, "I'm staying." Here's a giant chunk of gold. You can leave if you want. That's like so. <laughs> that's like so much worse <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. than if she then the than the original New York thing. Yeah. And like I think and that's I think that's why Trixie just goes back to the saloon because she knows that this isn't going to help her,
0: right? No, she's she's stuck there. So at least she's armed with a little bit of gold that she can placate Al with at the end of it. But like they they button that scene by having Sophia say her name for the first time to Trixie as opposed yeah. to Alma, uh, just to show the kind of like the disconnect there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because it also thematically ties in. There's an extended sequence where. Alma is trying to explain to Sophia what she's going to do with Mr. Bullock to like take go downstairs right, to the restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite one is, we're going to go downstairs to Mr. Farnham's absurd restaurant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but she the- has an extended sequence of just... She's trying to communicate with Sophia and just cannot like get across. There's just no connection there in the way that Trixie and Sophia... Alma doesn't carry uh, Sophia the way that Trixie does when she's out in town. Right. And stuff like that, yeah. there's not that bond is not as strong and to, it's all revealed in the Sophia revealing her name.
2: She also has that weird line in the middle of that sort of stuttering explanation where she says something like, I can't, I can't, what we, we would be, what we would be doing. I can't bring him in here to do at least not as long as you're in the room or something. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. what is that supposed to be like in a sexual innuendo or something? Or I
0: like, think she I, just doesn't want, I think she doesn't want her to, hear adult conversations mm-hmm. i think it's really just like that stilted of a, a thing like the really, kids really, yeah
2: yeah because i kept i kept thinking i was like why the fuck do they why can't he just go into the room yeah like, i think, I think it's considered big...
0: un, unproper at the for <laughs> almost stature to have a man in there with no one else yeah that's fair yeah yeah i mean i, I think it's definitely a the double man entendre. carrying huge gold nuggets <laughs> up to her room is <laughs> swinging nuggets just dropping them on the table rolling for, them around be, the double entendre is intentional, I think, but that's yeah. the in, in the universe explanation of what Alma's doing. That's what it is. Um, Mr. Farnum is a absurd restaurant. <laughs> she I has, do, she I has do really Atlanta love farm where she's like making talking to Farnum makes me ill or something yes. like that when she's talking to Bullock down the street.
2: I do really love when they come down the stairs and uh, Eb asks her about the claim cuz I was like what is she going to do? Is she going to she going to lie to him? But she takes the opportunity to just punch him right in the nuts. Yep. And be like, "I it's a bonanza, pal." And the, the, the reaction <laughs> that EB has where they hold on him and he just sort of withers. Yep, he swallows, silently. His, swallows. <laughs> Yeah, and then he just kind <laughs> <laughs> so of goes He lost that lot so money. good. That guy should have got an Emmy for the show.
0: May I inquire as to the essay's outcome? Ask the owner. Mrs. Garrett is
1: the technical term bonanza.
0: That's the look of it.
1: It's a bonanza, Mr. Farnham.
0: I see. Congratulations. Mm. Dane Dean Colley has a funny scene where he gets he faints after getting the vaccine, yes. which is very right. funny. And uh, Jane yells at him. Yeah, I, I like uh, William Sanderson as Farnham. I think he's just um, – he, he goes all over the place with uh, what's required of him. Just It's a lot of like emotional – E.B. – how would you say it? Like E.B. shows his emotions and has to vacillate between wildly different performances because sometimes he thinks that he's sort of over the top and like at a breaking mm. point and other times he, he gets knocked down and realizes that he's very submissive to everybody else yeah so it's it's tough it is i find it so funny that they keep treating him
2: like he's he's in his own shakespearean play or something and to the point where the other characters are kind of looking at him going like what the fuck is this guy because the scene with him and um dan and al where he's talking about killing them al's like Dan, give him your knife. And he he, all of a sudden, he just like kind of squirrels away and he goes, no, what'll happen is I'll happily bring Dan over there and show him where the room is. And then Dan can sneak up the side and go in and do the dastardly deed. And Al's just looking at him like, what the fuck are you
0: talking about? He goes on, he's like, and Bullock sleeps on the second floor of their uh, hardware store. I'll supply the ladder and you can like climb. Right,
2: like he just, he goes on talking like he's Iago in in Merchant of... uh, was it? Othello. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Al's just looking at him going, like he's looking at him thinking like, what, what, what play is this guy in, in his own mind that he thinks <laughs> that any of this makes any sense?
0: Yep. Yeah. So their, their goal plot has basically gone to shit. Alma now has uh, a bonanza on her hands. Uh, but the term bonanza strikes me as very funny that they would recognize what that is, or I maybe it's if, appropriate, but.
2: If I had been writing the show in that scene, I would have tried to name drop as many Western shows as possible. <laughs> where she says, Mr. Farnham, I believe the term is, it's a bonanza. And then Farnham can be like, well, I, that's that's really giving me a raw high.
0: <laughs> and then Bullock just leans over and goes, F Troop. <laughs> it's the deleted scenes on the Blu-rays that people are Branded. interested. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then that's I. I mean, uh, swear. Uh, Trixie goes back to Al at the very, the very final scene. Uh, with those two, I I love the final scene between those two. I'm very interested in the development of the Al and Trixie romance, really Man, or whatever I, it is.
2: Al is such a good character. He's so well written because you've got. <clears throat> He continues to be this great counterpoint to Psy, who is just cold-blooded from top to bottom. Yeah. A psychopath, you,
0: basically. Is yeah. The,
2: you know. But with Al, you've got these scenes, like the scene where he's scrubbing the floor.
0: Yes. With, is um, so,
2: yeah, is so strange because he's scrubbing the floor, concerned about getting the blood out. But what he's really concerned about is Trixie and where she is. And like the fact that he hurt her when she, when he grabbed her crotch. Yeah. Which, which has the great line where he says, points made with the snatch grabbing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, it's so, he is so fascinating because he is such a snake, but he has, they keep giving him. These moments of like relatability, uh, humanization, and compassion, where it's like there's there's no re- why would you ever expect to see this guy on the floor scrubbing blood out of his own uh, out yeah. of his own place, yeah, you know, and then he's got the, even the scene with with uh uh Flores Bros Miles is that what Flores brother's name is? Yeah, Flora and Miles. Yeah, even that scene with with Miles where Miles asks him if he can leave to go look for his dad, the way that he tells it, the the response is like even if I said no. I would hope that you would go do it anyway. Right. Of course he brings it back around the other side and says, and then obviously go look for a job somewhere else because yes. you'd be fired.
0: But like <laughs> If it's, you don't he, come in Friday, don't bother coming in Monday. Woohoo!
2: Woo! Four day four weekend. Day weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but you know, they keep they keep giving him these uh humanizing moments that make him so complex. And then even at the end when when Trixie shows back up at the at the end, he doesn't like Smacker, he doesn't say anything. He just pulls the sheets back. I think you know?
0: he does a lot of great acting in that scene. Yeah, with with no dialogue whatsoever. Um, I mean, she smacks him because he cause he, try, he tries to see what the uh, marks are from the the overdose, the the shooting lines or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, she slaps him. You know, this is basically all his fault. He kind of accepts it, and then it's just it ends with him. He pulls the covers down for her, and she gets yeah. into bed. Um, I like the bloodstained scene too. Is this the this is the first like extended jewel sequence we've had, right? The the woman who cleans the the gems yes. for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the do actress, you know
2: if I was actually going to just ask? Do you know if the actress is actually uh, handicapped? She is.
0: She has palsy. She is. Yeah. Yep. So it's not a act uh, really. That's I mean, that's, she's, that's good. <laughs> yeah. She, she's acting. Uh, I but, mean, you know what I mean. Yeah. She she's apparently was a comedian. Um like a stand-up comedian, which is interesting. Yeah, and Milt had known her. Um, He saw her in a a pharmacy line while while the show was being produced, and he said, would you like to be in my show? And this is the role (laughs) that she got. Uh, But Al's relationship with her, he's very cruel to her in what he says to her, but he's also kind to her in a way that he's not to other people.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. They keep – like the fact that she works there at all, I think, is – indicative of the kind of person that he is because even though he's being cruel to her on the surface he's still employing someone who couldn't get a job anywhere else right and
0: someone else could do a better job probably
2: Yeah. whereas if if she took if she got within 25 feet of the Bella Union they would have somebody come out and push her into the street
3: get me the fucking scrub brush every fucking thing I gotta do myself where is she Trixie No, Queen fucking Victoria.
1: Last I saw her was yesterday when she came to see you.
3: Just get me the fucking scrub brush. Gives her word she'll return. Where the fuck is she? What'd she say to you when you saw her?
1: She said her pussy hurt when you grabbed it.
3: That has a ring of fucking truth.
1: She said you nearly killed her.
3: She said to me she'd be right back. Fool's fucking errand anyway. I found out what I needed to know when I looked in that cocksucker bullock's eyes while Doherty was spilling blood that you have failed to adequately clean up. You want me to do some more? No, shut the fuck up. Now, what's she doing? she making a point? No grabbing at the cunt? Is that what she said to you? No. I mean, she told you, right, that I grabbed her. Did did, did she have an attitude about it? She didn't have an attitude. She just said her pussy hurt. Yeah. Points made with the snatch grabs. Okay. Fifty other fucking things I should be paying attention to. Rosiest prospects of my career. And here I am, with my fucking hands and knees, discussing snippets of information with a fucking gimp. That. Now that's how you scrub a fucking bloodstain.
0: L has a certain amount. The, like the blood stain thing is obviously a kind of metaphor for taking responsibility for himself and like the mm-hmm. things that happened in the gym. Which is that he he creates a mess and he's going to clean it up uh, with the brush. But it's also as you were saying, like it's a great scene just because he's extremely unsure of what Trixie where Trixie is and what she's doing, and he's trying to figure out. He's trying to get information from Jewel, and it's just not going very well. But he's 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 desperate to figure out. Uh, what the information is and just I, I think that all, all the dialogue that they have is very funny and she's just like her pussy hurts <laughs> it's just like <laughs> point taken um, there's, it's a it's a they balance those two uh, very well and it's just a it's a it's an insight into uh, like just to bring it up again it's like the difference between Sai and Swearengin is that there's a lot going on with Swearengin where there's not a lot going on with Sai. Sai is completely yeah. predictable in what he's going to do yeah yeah i uh,
2: um the other scene i actually really liked because i kind of identified with it mm. was uh was when uh what the fuck is his name uh jeffrey jeffrey jones shows oh, up Merrick. to the doctor's office yeah. Merrick, with a backache and he's like i know that these are the oncoming symptoms of smallpox and the doctor's like did this just happen he's like well no i mean i had <laughs>
0: My back's been hurting for <laughs> yeah. My back's
2: hurt for a long time, but it's getting worse now. And he's like, "Okay, go lay down." Have you gained
0: any weight recently? Right.
2: <laughs> and I love that he goes like, I, "Why is that any concern
0: of yours?" <laughs> I, just, just... I like when he. It's the uh, it's it's important to mention that this is the slap when Doc slaps Merrick because that gets brought up uh, in a later episode. But oh, it does. Mer- yeah. Merrick says, "Why did you strike me?" And Cochrane has the great line to secure your attention. Um, yeah, Merrick comes in, he just, Doc is trying to get him out there, out of there so he can tend to Trixie and stuff like that. But Merrick, uh, it's another example, of just like the, every small character has like an identifiable little personality when they come into a scene. And Merrick is that sort of like worry wart, um, overly educated sort of like nincompoop guy who mm-hmm. mm-hmm. comes in, uh, out of everywhere. But the, the Doc continues to just be a... Like would Doc be... Is Doc the most ethically and morally consistent character on the show?
2: Um, I mean, him and the preacher, probably.
0: Yeah, Reverend Smith. Smith has less impact on things, I guess. Yeah. Like, Cochrane definitely yeah. has his hands in the mud. I don't think the Reverend's even in this episode, if I am not remembering correctly. You know, I don't know. I mean, I
2: feel like you could argue that... Sai and Al are fairly morally consistent. It's just that their morals aren't necessarily great.
0: Yeah, maybe on the um, maybe consistent is the wrong word. Just more of like a Doc's flaws are less than the other characters who perform moral goodness yeah. to people. I guess. Yeah,
2: Doc is really kind of. I mean, the, the Reverend too, to a certain extent, but I feel like Doc is sort of this twisted. I don't mean that in a bad way, but like twisted conscience Figner figure. Figure, yep. he's like a uh, Jimmy cricket on
0: laudanum or whatever. <laughs> um, he drinks. He's He's off. He's off the laudanum. Yeah. He, just, he drinks off hours, as he said last episode.
2: But yeah, he always he always is the one that is is like giving them the hard, uh, coal hot truth about what they're doing and what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing yes. in a way that's very satisfying.
0: Yeah. He he talks down to a lot of the, or not talks down, but he, he dresses down a lot of the other characters who mm-hmm. come in to, to bother him. He stands up to Al and things like that as much as he can, um, even that, at least to some frustration. He stands up to Tolliver with the vaccine thing. Mm-hmm. He's responsible for getting that. Um, yeah, and the town got vaccinated this uh, episode as well. Bullock and Star give up their hardware store, has a clinic, a minute clinic, I guess, where people can come in. Um, they Unrealistic. Really using, they weren't using There's, fine-tuned new, uh, needles. Like They are just driving no, nails in like, your arm.
2: Yeah, they were just putting the nail in your arm and then just like <laughs> briefly wiping it off afterwards. <laughs> you pour a little whiskey on it. Unrealistic, though, because not one of those shit
0: kickers was like, I don't trust this. No, there was... Uh, I a, did my own research. Time. He's browsing Wikipedia Alex Jones uh, makes his cameo appearance. <laughs> in, I in talked to John Google and he told me that this was all
2: bullshit. <laughs> for reasons that I won't say in front of Saul.
0: Wink wink. <laughs> they, Kanye, there's still time. Uh they yeah, the, so I mean the the plague is basically cured as of this episode or it's not going to be a problem for anybody at least i um yeah i i guess Alma had already been vaccinated i wonder what the i wonder if they had to be revaccinated at that point it's not cuz if you got it you were immune for the rest of your life i think so i wonder yeah. if they i wonder if those people were getting their second dose or if they were just uh, lining up for their very first time maybe the first time i'm not sure
2: do they know enough about how it works to even know
0: that well they mentioned at this point uh i would guess that they i wonder they must because they must have it must have been common knowledge that the vaccine was dead smallpox right because and they know that if you get smallpox you can't get it again they mentioned that in the previous episode um i don't know i don't know what the general sense of like whether or not they knew anything about what there was going on with the vaccine or not,
2: there's there's the one guy who's like, I've gotten
0: inoculated in
2: every town I've stopped in, just
0: to say I've done it. <laughs> He's just got uh, bloody scabs all over his body. Just you never know. You always want to, you want to get the uh, the customized dosage or the uh, the customized brew or whatever they call it, Omicron version of smallpox. Um. Do do do. And just thinking about any other scenes, I don't. I don't think there's too much else going on. The one, this one. the one thing I was wa-
2: wondering about is the scene where Flora goes and stays with Joni. Yeah. In the morning, she she Flora looks really pissed off. Yep. And I was trying to figure out was she hoping that Joni would try to take advantage of her to like further the plot or yes. something. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. So when Joni lies down with her, uh, Flora does a very sexual unclothing, basically, and like right. lays in bed, and Joni lays with her, but doesn't take it any further, and that's why they have that extended shot where they they the camera sits up with them for a minute after they lay down, mm-hmm. and uh, Flora is clearly annoyed that things are not going the way that she wanted to. I, I imagine that the plan was that she was just trying to ingratiate herself with Joni to make her be able to take advantage of her to rob the place, whether or not right. Joni's in on it, but just to, to sort of pull the wool over her eyes to make things seem a little bit less um, suspicious for lack of a better term, just to, to to give Flora a way in to figuring out a way to rob the Bella union and it doesn't work yeah. out. So she gets angry. And is, do you think that's
2: part of why she pulls the plug so quickly is because there is some sort of recognition that this person is not a piece of shit. Like, do you think it's on Joe on Joni's on on flora's on Flora's part, like the fact that that she's like, all right, we're taking this place today. That seems to be born of that evening not going the way she wanted it to,
0: yeah, i i th- I always interpret it just as the, she her plan to she knows that I think she knows at that point that Tolliver's onto her, and she can't is not making any progress with the Joni angle yeah. so they decide to just rob uh the place i mean i guess the bell union makes a better target than the gem still at that point but uh they definitely push themselves a little bit too fast just because things aren't going the way that they wanted them to go
2: i still don't know what their what their plan was no
0: just to rub some jewelry i guess and also get out of there. that dress is she, not easy to get away in either if you're, know, if you're running yeah. through the mud
2: <laughs> also when she brings her brother lunch she cuts him off a piece of that apple that looks like she gives him just the skin. The skin. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I thought she was um, peeling the apple for him. Yeah, But she me gives too. it to him. No. I like the little touch of um, the guy who beats up Flora in the street is clearly getting off on oh, yeah. beating He's her up. Having a
2: good, having a good time yeah. punching that
0: lady in the head. Yeah. Fractures her skull, according to Cy, although... We don't know the vaccine status. We don't know his medical uh, credentials either, I don't think. (laughs) Um, A pretty brutal scene. I guess we can just wrap it up talking about that scene. Um, Miles and Flora are beaten to an inch of their life in the streets, and then Tolliver tells everybody who's sort of horrified looking at them that they tried to rob him and he's going to deal with themselves. It's the the starkest reminder yet that there is no law yet. There's really nothing Mm -hmm. anyone can do at this point. There's no system for determining... uh, what actual justice may or at least attempt to look like and so side brings them into the gem or the Bella union he torches them a little bit he executes miles and then he has Joni kill flora
1: i tell you sweetheart your face come out of that in pretty good shape the matters took a happy turn you could still probably work come on in honey over here on what the dagos call my sinister side Although your beady little rat eyes don't seem like they're taking in the view. Bust something up there, sweetheart. That fucking hurts you. fucking understand me. <laughs> see, that upsets Joni now. Oh, side, do up the boy. My God, I can't stand to see the other. You want me to see to the boy, Joni? Because you know I'm clay in your hands. Side. What is it, Eddie? We could all be elsewhere. Nothing but true. Are you awake, Miles? You don't be fucking passing out, youngster. Next fucking breath you draw, the smell of fucking sulfur's level to be strong in your nose. Where's your fucking nose anyway? <coughs> Fuck it, Miles! You're found fucking guilty of being a cunt. I'm hereby passing judgment. If you're letting this little bitch push you around and tell you what to do when you were supposed to be a man and showing her in the fucking ropes.
3: <coughs>
1: Here, me, Miles. Not for being the cunts you are now. Before, you could have been a man. Done your
0: fucking part, you little piece of shit. Yeah, and I t- uh, Powers Booth gives a great performance in that. Yeah, uh, the desperation of Eddie Sawyer and Joni, who had just want all of this to end. You even get the sense that Flora, Joni kills Flora just so that the torture won't continue any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's Tolliver at his worst, and Joni at a breaking point, and just kind of a uh, a final reminder of where things stand at this point in Deadwood.
2: Yeah, and that final scene with with Sai uh, with and Joni where her response to everything is either kill me or let me go is so – like I, I don't even know if Sai if is fully aware that that's where her, her head is at. Right, yeah. You know, like the way that he reacts is he seems legitimately kind of surprised that
0: she's in that depth of despair. I was wondering – I don't know if it's ever made – like textual in it, but is, is Cy somewhat frustrated by the fact that he can't ever have Joni because he, I'm starting to wonder uh, like how much of this is driven by a kind of like frustrated romance where she's a lesbian and he knows that even though she's like a brothel madam and stuff like that, like her, her sexual preferences would never really include him like there's no way for mm-hmm. him to ever have her in a way that would be satisfying for him like even in terms of romance and stuff like that not just like the the sex angle but it's mm-hmm. like there's a I, I always, i'm starting to get the sense that he's just mostly frustrated that he no matter what he gives her it will never work and therefore he's just not ever going to let her go because there's no better option than that if that makes sense yeah yeah i wasn't totally sure i the way that the um that
2: he was talking in that speech it's i couldn't tell if if they had if like he had slept with her and had they had been lovers to some extent yeah um whether or not that was uh, purely transactional i don't know but right but yeah i'm sure that i think that's probably probably part of it yeah he's um
0: size clearly frustrated i guess at this point and uh johnny is desperate to get away but we'll see about what will happen from uh, the proposed business that'll open up down the street. Um, I like that shot on the staircase too, where Eddie Sawyer comes down and says, "Sai wants you, honey," or whatever, and she has to walk up mm. the stairs to the to the torture stuff. I I, I, I like those too. Um, and that's about it. We get a little bit of Ellsworth in this one, a little bit of Dan Doherty. Is <laughs> the uh, Dan Doherty uh, Swerlingen has the funny line about telling him. Uh, do you can't like if you're try, trying to tell a girl you're interested that you it might be best not to just murder everybody who else is around. <laughs> um, I think that's pretty much it. I don't think there's any other scenes in this one that we can talk about. So that's it for suffer the little children and suffer they will in this one. So do you, do you actually think Flora and Miles are brother and sister?
2: Um, I don't know. I feel like it could go either way.
0: Yeah, I, I think they are. They 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 strike me as siblings. In, in that I.
2: Way. I think so, too, because Miles seems legitimately doofy right? in a way that I don't think, um, Flora doesn't seem the type to want to uh, pal around with someone
0: no. that dumb. No, Flora, I, I can't even see Flora in a relationship. I think she's sociopathic right. to that degree. Yeah. yeah, so I think they are actually brother and sister. Um, but we'll never know what their con could have been because it was cut short because she's a... Beady-eyed little weasel freak or whatever else called her. That's it. So suffer the little children. We're done with this one. The next one is called No Other Sons or Daughters. Well, I guess uh, just final thing, Clay. Where, I, where'd you stand on this one as an episode, or if you had another thought? Feel free. Well,
2: I was just thinking. I was just thinking back about the the Kristen Bell thing, mm. and like it does. sigh kind of feels like. Now that you've said that, it kind of feels like milch is writing himself through psy at that point yeah yeah because like it is like I, I feel like the whole thing there is very much sort of like a uh you know you think you can you think you can run a game on me right giving you a job and this is how you repay me that kind of bullshit Yep, yeah. which you know <clears throat>
0: maybe ethically not the best way to treat people you work with
2: <laughs> um, i think
0: it's the it's a it's an interesting trait of his. I mean, I I I've only seen a handful of his other shows, but he is um he is a writer who seems unembarrassed by like and just from reading the Deadwood Bible, like a lot of his personality traits just seem to be embedded in the other characters and it's like hmm. he he seems to write characters as a kind of almost like therapy session for himself, which sure, is to try yeah. to figure out like where uh, I know he got in trouble for scripts on NYPD Blue that he did about racism, which was that he, you know, Sipowicz of that show is famously kind of like an asshole racist cop and uh, mm-hmm. that he's like becomes the main character of NYPD Blue. But Milch, I think, gave a writer's workshop one time where he was explaining. Someone had asked him like how he writes racist characters. And he just says that he like his answer was basically like he digs deep inside himself and finds like what he's, what his most innermost racist thoughts are about things Mm -hmm. and just trying to transplant something to the Sipowitz. And apparently it blew up. Like, it's just not the thing you're supposed to say, I guess, at these writer (laughs) workshops, um, it got him in a lot of trouble, but he it's, uh, but I guess the point is that like, if you know this stuff, it's hard to see how he's not writing this into his characters really. Like there's, there's going to be a famous scene coming up, uh, that gives a lot of exposition about swearingen's backstory, but a lot of it is personal stuff tied to Milch's own life growing up oh, that are just transplanted into it. So we'll get to that when huh. we get to it. But yeah, he's I I just like, you know we, we do we do a lot of shows and cover a lot of stuff where I feel like there's a there is no connection between the writer and the product that's being put yeah. out. It's just kind of like you're writing the words that fit this franchise, and this is the way mm-hmm. things go. So, I don't know
2: what you're talking about, Wes. <laughs> My handprints are all over oh, sticky! All over the shows,
0: <laughs> all over the shows. Brandon, get me a rag. There's, there's, there might not be as much in Star Trek as here, and it, it's, it's. I, I feel that that's what gives the show kind of its honesty. Really, is that like mm-hmm. if Milch wasn't as honest with himself about his own flaws and the error that the show came out? Sort of become coming from an era where HBO was producing drama that allowed that kind of stuff to happen, and there wasn't a great concern about what people were saying. Like there wasn't an overthinking about <laughs> what the context of this means. Like why would this person say this kind of thing, or why would this yeah. be written? So it's it's a nice little time capsule,
2: Mister Milch. We uh, this is a great pitch for a show, but um, I can't help but notice how excited you were about. All the times you said you were going to get to use the N-word on this show <laughs> because it was, quote, uh, uh, correct to the time
0: period. <laughs> it's, 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 the cocksucker might not be. There is a, there is a character uh, coming up that has uh, has such a word in his name. I don't know if you made it that far. I,
2: uh, I, I don't remember. But I, I, it's funny. As I was just saying all that stuff, I was like, there's no black people in this show.
0: No, not yet. There will be, yeah. <clears throat> the, the, which makes it, we could tell, Mister Milch. We could tell you
2: you don't have too many thoughts about African Americans, <laughs> but uh, I I don't think you like the Asians too much. No, yeah, we have, or apparently the Norwegians, I guess.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, they, they're you know they're the Asians of the Scandinavian continent or whatever. Oh, is that true? <laughs> <laughs> is that how they referred to? That's how I think of them. Um, yeah, the, I the, have we met Wu. Yet we haven't met Mr. Wu
2: yet, right? Uh, I don't think so. The yeah. only real interaction we've seen him with we've the se- Chinese. We've seen was... him in
0: the uh, the when Bullock goes to yeah attack McCall, he walks yeah. by Wu. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I guess that's pretty much it. Yeah, but I'm just I'm I'm happy that uh, Milt wrote such a such an interesting show. So that's it for Suffer the Little Children. The next episode is No Other Sons or Daughters. Thanks very much for listening to Something Pretty, your favorite Deadwood podcast. And we have a whole bunch of other shows at thepenskyfowl.com. You can go there. If you like all the shows, including this one, patreon.com slash thepenskyfowl is the best way to support us. Go there, patreon.com slash thepenskyfowl. We have a whole bunch of other things that you can access at that point. We might still be covering Star Trek Picard when this one comes out, the third season. So if you're interested in, in that, that's also out there. Uh, Clay, anything you want to say before we head out of here? Uh, no, check out the Badass podcast where we talk about
2: Batman, the animated series, and the Rotten Horror Picture Show, which is a horror movie podcast. And on Patreon, we are currently going through some video nasties, uh, which are movies that were on video and deemed to be nasty.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
2: I just watched a movie, um, i a big. Uh, I, I really like the show, um, the last Dri- last in with Joe Bob Briggs on Shutter, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he just had his, his Valentine's Day special, and he played a movie called Necromantic, sure, <laughs> which is um, it's a German it's a German film shot on like Super Eight by essentially a bunch of German punks who mm-hmm. were rebelling against the censorship of of. Uh, uh, germany at the time
0: yeah well you're going come out in the 70s
2: uh no it's like i want to say mid 80s i oh, think okay. yeah and it is like in a walk the most disgusting movie i've ever watched in my life like to the point where i didn't even i had watched bits of it before and i didn't know if i wanted to watch it again
0: because yep. was so fucking gross <clears throat> in a and, realistic sense like a gore uh, sense or well, just like so the it, content. It,
2: both, like it, it's one of those movies where it's like they it had it, it's clearly they're trying to be as shocking as possible. So like maybe like ten or fifteen minutes in. There's this footage of a rabbit being killed and 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 skinned. Yeah, which they didn't do for the movie. I guess it's from a documentary, but it's still fairly. <laughs> it's it's still stock uh, footage. Uh, Adobe stock yeah, of rabbit being. Basically, killed. yeah, it's stock footage of a rabbit being killed. But I mean, it's still you're watching an animal get slaughtered in front yep. of your eyes.
0: But. What was that? The famous one wasn't was Cannibal Holocaust. It was like a yes. turtle getting eaten or something.
2: Yeah, that one they did for the movie. Yeah. Um, they claim that they still ate the animals or whatever, but it's no less disturbing to watch.
0: Hey, we watched uh, uh, that Kingdom of the Spiders, and they killed a billion tarantulas in that movie. That's so. true. <laughs> that's true. You no, know, just because the turtle is cute and the tarantula is not.
2: But uh, so the the plot of the movie is it's about these two. It's like a, it's sort of like this really incredibly gross, dark romantic comedy about these two necrophiles. Yep. And uh, one of them works as a, I don't know what the term for it is, but he's one of the people who cleans up after like accidents and where there's bodies and stuff. Yep. And so they, they drag this like putrefied, rotting, disgusting corpse out of a swamp. And the guy steals the body and brings it home to his girlfriend. And they proceed to have sex with this body. In a scene that was so disgusting, I was both covering my mouth in horror and <laughs> laughing hysterically, and it was a bodily reaction I've never experienced before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, this is uh, the reason I bring this up: is it's apparently not on the list. It's apparently not well, a video nasty and I can't understand why if everything was a it was, movie.
0: It was on the shelf of every British household in
2: 1981. I I, I guess. I guess. I this is not on the Pull down the, <laughs> the, main the list. Yeah. again. <laughs> oh boy. It is it is quite a film. Maybe it just never made it outside of Germany, you know. That's possible, yeah. I guess it was a big underground hit. Sure. Like they would uh you know, it's a punk film so they would show it at like punk shows and stuff.
0: Yeah. The biggest underground hit in Germany since Hitler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for this one. Check out all the other shows. Check out all the other. I, well, actually, I think
2: I think that joke should be the biggest underground hit in Germany since Hitler shot himself
0: yeah that's that that was yeah. that was yeah you clarified it a little bit i don't okay. know if hitler, <laughs> oh that was the
2: intention <laughs> you weren't just talking about how how much people loved Hitler. No,
0: i don't think hitler's underground i was thinking the bunker but yeah if, uh, uh, yeah, if, yeah, if, if yeah, that yeah. needs clarification uh hitler hitler yes hit himself in the <laughs> underground bunker <laughs> could somebody clip this out <laughs> That's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Something Pretty. We'll be back with the next episode, No Other Sons or Daughters, next week.
3: See ya. Where the fuck is he? Then he's gonna go tell the widow over Fine. How the fuck long does it take to tell her? I don't know, Al. I'm here with you. What, are you getting smart with me now? Hmm. Cocksucker bullock. When you can't stand the sight of him, he's nowhere but underfoot. Sir? My sister was told of a man who resembles our father's photograph down by Leap. And I'd be grateful if this afternoon I could go look and maybe I could take a night shift to make up. If I said no, I'd hope you'd walk out and go looking anyway. Then seek a new job elsewhere after. That is what I'd do, sir. All right, kid. Go look for him. Tell Arnott of the livery stable I'll stand rental for the horse. If your sister looks with you, tell Arnott I'm good for her mount. So you think it's a good idea to go? That's why the fuck you're here, isn't it? Right. I'm gonna go get the horses then. Permission to leave the bar, trooper.